0: We want to ask the hard questions. We want to ask direct questions. Some parents are afraid to ask because they think they might just put ideas into their child's head. You're not going to do that. If they are suffering, they're already going to have ideas in their head. So we want to ask. Ask directly. How have you been feeling lately? You seem more distracted, irritable, aloof, stressed, whatever, for the past several days. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month. And never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence based parenting classes available on demand. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. A few weeks ago, I shared my experience with dealing with a child who was struggling with depression. As I was preparing for this episode that has now turned into a three-part series, I wanted to talk to him and learn more about his experience from his perspective. As we cuddled up on my bed and started talking, his body began to shake. He was sobbing trying to get something out that was so painful that he was having trouble forming his words. I, 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 he sobbed. What is it, sweetie, what's wrong? He finally got it out after many, many attempts. When I had my hard time last school year, I wanted to kill myself, he sobbed. Oh, honey, it's okay, and I'm so glad you told me. We talked about how it happens to a lot of people, It's just important to share so we can help. I asked if he told his counselor back then, and he said no. I asked him why he didn't tell me back then, and he said, I didn't want to worry you. And there it was. He was suffering deeply, but didn't want to worry me. I told him, it's not your job to protect me. It's my job to protect you. I don't ever want to lose you. We talked about how if we try to put on a pretend face for too long, it can get worse. It can get so bad then that kids don't see any other way out of their pain and they act instead of getting the help they need. We talked about how life does get better and how all these problems are solvable, which he now can see. But I wanted to make sure that if he ever felt that way again, that he would tell me and not hold it in. In the first two episodes of this series, in episode 325, I shared the latest statistics on the state of our children's mental health and four key areas parents can focus on to help children build a strong foundation for their mental health. In last week's episode, number 326, I covered three more areas where parental guidance can positively impact children's mental health. But even with the most intentional of parenting, life can often prove so challenging for many kids, including one of my own, that our child may struggle with bouts of depression, anxiety, or other mental health challenges. So in today's episode, I'm going to cover signs and symptoms to be aware of when it comes to children and their mental health challenges and how to find treatment that is going to be the best option for your child's healing and growth. Now, what I realize now is that I probably should have started by defining mental health in that first episode, but I didn't because I probably erroneously assumed that we all have a pretty good idea of what mental health means. And maybe we do, But just to make sure we're all sharing the same understanding of what mental health is, I'm going to share it now. So according to mentalhealth.gov, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, how we relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood through adolescence and adulthood. No, so of course, obviously, children are not the only ones affected by mental health challenges. Our mental health can and often does change over different periods of our lives. All of us will struggle at times, some of us more than others. When we're talking about building a strong foundation, it won't make our children or ourselves impervious to challenges with our mental health. Just like solid nutrition, exercise, and other health habits won't make us impervious to all physical illness and injury either. But what it will do is minimize our chances and the effects of life stressors when they do happen. It will give them and us tools to recognize and manage our own mental health in more positive ways and skills to better cope with these ups and downs. So the CDC reports that among adolescents ages 12 to 17 years old, they reported 15.1% had a major depressive episode within the past year. 36.7% had persisted feelings of sadness or hopelessness, 18.8% seriously considered attempting suicide, 15.7% made a suicide plan, 8.9% attempted suicide, and 2.5% made a suicide attempt requiring medical treatment. I find these statistics alarming. 36.7% had persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. So that's almost 37% falling within the clinical definition of depression. Almost two out of five kids. 18.8% seriously considered suicide. 18.8%? That's basically one in five kids. 8.9% attempted suicide. Almost one in 10 children. That means we all know someone who has a kid who attempted suicide, and we may likely know many. What if one of those kids had been one of the ones who succeeded? It would have affected our lives in ways we can't imagine. These are some serious statistics that I want to see change drastically. Occasional feelings of sadness or fleeting feelings of hopelessness is a part of every child's life. But depression is when these feelings of sadness, hopelessness persist over weeks with little to no reprieve. Even so, many times we parents can miss the signs. So I'm gonna go through the signs and symptoms as reported by the CDC, but then I'm also gonna dive below the surface so we can see where we can often miss this and why, so you know what to really look for. So here are some behaviors often seen in children with depression. Feeling sad, hopeless, or irritable a lot of the time. And this is one of the points that I strongly point out to parents because in many children, depression, can represent as irritability. It doesn't necessarily look like sadness or hopelessness or loss of interest in things. But if they're becoming more irritable or they're irritable for longer periods on end, this could very well be depression. Another symptom, not wanting to do or enjoy fun things or things that they used to enjoy. They're pulling away from friendships, pulling away from a family. They're showing changes in eating patterns, eating a lot more or a lot less than usual, showing changes in sleep patterns, sleeping a lot more or a lot less than normal. Showing changes in energy level. They're being tired, sluggish, restless a lot of the time. Having a hard time paying attention, especially if they used to have a much easier time paying attention. Feelings of worthlessness, uselessness, or guilt. Showing self-injury, self-destructive behaviors. Of course, engaging in alcohol or drug activity. A lot of times parents don't know this is happening, but if you do see it, this often a sign of depression as well. Extreme depression can lead a child to think about suicide or plan for suicide. For youth ages 10 to 24, suicide is among one of the leading causes of death. So here's the crux, though, of what I really want you to understand and take to heart are the following. Some children may not talk about their helpless or hopeless thoughts, and we can't read their minds. So they may have changes in behavior, or they will have changes in behavior. If it shows up as irritability, we may, may not be seeing it as depression because some children may not even appear sad. It's very common for kids to appear more angry or irritable rather than just sad. Depression might also cause a child to make trouble or act unmotivated, causing others not to notice that the child is depressed or to incorrectly label the child as a troublemaker or lazier. Why are you going through this right now? This must be adolescence, right? They're changing their behavior. Also, according to the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, children also may have more physical complaints, frequent headaches, stomach aches, and the like. Depressed adolescents may use alcohol or other drugs as a way of trying to feel better. They increase that dopamine response. This is their coping mechanism, like I talked about a few minutes ago. The bottom line really is changes in behavior and or mood. But we often miss these because we chalk it up to adolescence. We so often expect adolescents to be moody, grumpy, distant, annoyed, dismissive, fragile, and other such things, right? Yes, adolescence can be hard. In the short term, sure, it can happen. We can all have a bad day. But if it becomes longer term, it's days on end, it's a week or weeks on end, this is not normal. This is not adolescence. I think our view of adolescence as a time with big mood swings and a lot of negative, obnoxious behaviors, moods, slamming doors, and the big feelings is a real disservice. Even when we see kids as young as 8, 9, and 10 having these behaviors, a lot of times we think, oh, it's already puberty sneaking in, it's rearing its ugly head, and we chalk it up to normal adolescent or pre-adolescent behavior. We assume, oh, their hormones are already kicking up even at these young ages. But remember the statistics I just shared, that kids as young as 10, a leading cause of death is suicide. If your child used to be happy, they used to enjoy certain activities, they used to talk with their friends on the phone or text or chat or play games with them. If they're no longer interested in enjoying these things, if they're more irritable, if they're withdrawn, they're moody, they're distant, or any other emotion that is out of character for how they were when they were younger and it lasts more than a few hours or a day, it's time to start asking some questions, having discussions and looking into a plan to make sure your child has the support and a plan for coping and managing life's ups and downs, things they enjoy and look forward to. These are all signs that I'm having trouble coping with my life right now. Yes, adolescence is hard. It shouldn't be that hard. Adolescents who have good mental health will be able to work through and get to a better place within a short period of time. When we get to a word after our sponsors, I'm going to talk about some great resources and working on a treatment plan because adolescence and pre-adolescence is not supposed to be an exercise in misery for everyone. This is not a normal state of existence during the years of adolescence. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads love where you live. Okay, now that we're back, I'm going to cover resources and treatment. So keep in mind, we don't always know the cause of depression. Sometimes it seems to come out of nowhere. Sometimes it happens if children are under a lot of stress, they miss a goal that was really important to them, they lose something or someone close to them after a breakup of an early relationship, bullying, spending a lot of time using social media. These are all known to be associated with depression. Depression can run in families. Also having another condition such as an attentional problem, learning issue, a conduct or anxiety disorder also puts children at higher risk for depression. Okay, so we're going to talk about some treatments. First, We want to ask. We want to ask the hard questions. We want to ask direct questions. Some parents are afraid to ask because they think they might just put ideas into their child's head. You're not going to do that. If they are suffering, they're already going to have ideas in their head. So we want to ask. Ask directly. How have you been feeling lately? You seem more distracted, irritable, aloof, stressed, whatever, for the past several days. Can you tell me about that? Try to stay away from yes or no questions because it's too easy to just say no if they just don't want to deal with it or don't want to talk about it or if they don't know how to really elaborate. You want to ask the questions that make it easy for them to just share. If you bring it up, most kids will talk, but some may still try to avoid. Even if your child avoids the conversation or denies it, if you still notice your child's moods and behaviors have changed, you want to press forward. So a great resource I recommend is a website called onoursleeves.org. Their mission is to improve children's mental health. They have a lot of great guides and resources on their website. You can also follow them on Instagram. They have guides on talking to kids about depression and suicide. And here are some conversation starters that they recommend from that guide. If you notice these changes in your child's behavior and or mood. Sometimes kids feel so sad or upset that they feel like hurting themselves. Have you been feeling like that? Are you thinking about killing yourself? You can always talk to me about how you feel. We will get through this together. This is important. This is such an important point. You want your child to know that you are a team, that you are there to back them up, that you are there to guide them through this, that this is not normal way to feel about life and that there are answers and you're going to help them get there. I think one of the best places to start also is with your pediatrician. They will do an assessment. My kid's pediatrician uses a tablet with a ton of questions that they get to go through and just answer about their moods, their feelings, their friendships, their social life, their school life. They ask lots of questions and then it comes through with an assessment. And answering in this form often allows kids to feel more comfortable being truthful about their feelings because it's multiple choice question that they can just answer, honestly. Kids don't really want to die, but they want the pain to stop and they want to know that there is a way to do this. They want to know that there's help. They want to know that we're in their corner and we're gonna help them get there. So for treatments, here are some options. Your pediatrician may have referrals for mental health treatment professionals who specialize in pediatric mental health and or also specialize in issues that your child may have shown positive in the assessment, such as depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, whatever it is you're dealing with, they may likely be able to refer you to a specialist. You can also try your insurance. Now, I haven't found that to be the most helpful pathway, especially when it comes to pediatric mental health. But depending on your type of insurance, Sometimes you can hit the jackpot, which I have had happen for me as an adult, but not when I had the struggle with my son. But it is worth a call. Your child's school could be a great resource. Many schools have counselors and or a school psychologist. Sometimes the counselors or the school psychologist will rotate schools. And so they're in one school one day a week or two days a week and another school one or two days a week. So they rotate through two or three schools. But this can often be a great option to get treatment going pretty quickly, and they will schedule your child to meet with the counselor and or psychologist on days that that specialist happens to be on campus. On Our Sleeves has a great resource guide on their site. It's onoursleeves.org, as I mentioned. It's on the left side dropdown. It's called Find Resources. There are several options. One of them that says find resources in your state, but there's also some other options. So you could start with this one. Then once you click onto that, it has a map. You click on your state. I clicked on my state, California. There was a great list of resources for mental health websites, mental health phone numbers for help and referrals, suicide and crisis hotlines, eating disorders, parental help and support, all kinds of things on there. Of course, your community, your local friends. You can ask. It's always great to ask friends who have kids. You never know. They may have a great resource for you. Your community, if you feel comfortable asking on a community social media page, I ask for all kinds of things. and It's certainly a great place to ask for a resource for mental health services for youth struggling with depression or suicidal ideation. Now keep asking until you find someone who feels like a good fit. You want to find the right fit. You want your child to be able to create a relationship with this person, build that trust so that they can share with that person. Even if you aren't dealing with any kind of mental health challenges in your family right now, if your kids are young, if your kids are doing pretty well, I still recommend On Our Sleeves going and checking out their website. They have some great guides to build and protect mental health. Just to name a few, how to practice mental fitness, how to practice self-care, how to start a conversation with kids, how to help kids stay positive while you wait for mental health services. This is another great one. And there are tons and tons more for helping build mental fitness in our kids, helping build it and maintain that mental health so that we can help them build up their resilience, their coping for when life does get more difficult. It's a great resource. I strongly recommend you check it out, utilize it, regardless of whether or not you're having any mental health struggles in in your household right now or not. All right. If you feel like you'd like more support with your parenting approach for building mental health, all the positive discipline, building child self-esteem, teaching a growth mindset, learning styles and multiple intelligence theory has a lot to do with mental health. If kids are not in a good environment at school or it's not working or it's not a good fit, if they have some really strong skills that just aren't showing up in what they're doing at school, getting them into the right environment is going to be really important. Also raising responsible kids which adds to their sense of feeling responsible of feeling independent of feeling worthy of self-esteem it's another great class these are all on the website yourvillageonline.com 60 parenting classes on demand if you join the website you also get access to the classes on the app we add you to that for free so you can listen and or watch offline and have access to all the great content while you're driving at your kid's soccer game while you're traveling on an airplane wherever so you can check those out thanks so much for listening